Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Chris Penrose here with another episode of Believe in USC Hoops here on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. Really excited. Big weekend against the Arizona schools for USC. We're going to recap both those games against Arizona and Arizona State. And then we're going to do a little preview, look into a humongous trip up to the Northwest, taking on Washington Huskies on Wednesday and the Washington State Cougars on Saturday. But first, let's talk about the Arizona schools. Last Thursday night, Arizona Wildcats came into town. Uh, Big game for USC coming off of a rivalry win against UCLA. Uh, I was really hoping the Galen Center was going to be rocking. Attendance wasn't great. I did think the student section showed up. Really proud of the students for coming to that game. They were loud and they were rocking all night. The rest of the Galen Center, a little late to the game. Those 6 o'clock games on a Thursday, always hard to get to. Coming downtown, LA traffic always makes it a little bit difficult. Uh, I was actually... I was honestly really surprised in the lack of attendance from the Arizona fans. Usually the Southern California games, you have all the Arizona fans coming out of the woodwork. I did not hear one loud U of A chant the entire game, which, you know, I don't know if you come to many USC Arizona games, but there's always a few that usually break out uh, throughout those games. So uh, SC fans, uh, we need to come to more games. (laughs) We got to get that place rocking. Um, you know, we've, I think it was a little over 4,500 people for the Arizona game, uh, about 5,100 people for the ASU game. That's not even half full. So, uh, more and more people need to come to these games. This is a great team. They always play, they play so well when the crowd is loud cheering them on. So more people need to come out to games. I encourage everyone listening to get out to the Galen Center. Let's talk about SE's. 80-57 to win against Arizona. Uh, Very, very surprising. One of the things that I really wanted to look for was how Arizona was going to shoot against USC's 2-3 zone against Oregon State the weekend before. Arizona shot the lights out, hit 13 threes, took control of that Oregon State game, and uh, and blew them out. So it was going to be really interesting to see how Arizona was going to work the ball throughout the perimeter, get the ball in the middle, see who could create... Uh, They didn't have Chase Jeter, which I think was a huge, huge loss for them. Uh, I think that if he's in the game, obviously this game's a lot closer, and I don't think they get blown out by UCLA uh, by over 20 points, which they did uh, after after their loss at USC. But SC stuck in the zone. Arizona was 5 of 25 from the three. They shot overall 27.8% from the field. And it was ugly. Uh, and if you heard the announcers calling the game, they even said, you know, it's not like it's not like they're missing them just shorter, just longer, in and out. Like as soon as the ball left their players' hands, it looked left, it looked right, it looked like it was going to be an air ball. Nothing really looked good. And I attribute that to a couple things. Number one, I attribute that to the guard pressure up front. I thought Jonah Matthews and Derek Thornton did a really good job making Arizona uncomfortable on the perimeter. They never got a really good look. All their shots were contested. I thought those two in particular did a phenomenal job uh, pressuring the ball. Also, when the ball got inside... I don't think Arizona really had a go-to guy to go into the middle. I think Chase Jeter probably would have helped them out a lot in the middle of the zone. But once, you know, Ira Lee got the ball in the middle or Randolph got the ball in the middle, they just didn't seem very comfortable. And they weren't 
crisp in their passes. They weren't sharp in their decision-making. And SC was able to force a lot of turnovers out of that zone. So really proud of SC's defense throughout the whole Arizona game. One of the other things that I wanted to look at was how they were going to go, how they were going to control the Brandons, Brandon Randolph and Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams coming home to Los Angeles. Obviously, he was looking to, you know, establish himself early. Uh, he's got his hometown crowd uh, following him coming to the Galen Center. SC held Brandon Williams to eight points and four assists, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, Brandon Randolph, their leading scorer, they held him to twelve points. Uh, and most of those points were scored kind of towards the end uh, of the game. So I just I, I can't commend USC on their defense enough. I just thought what they did uh, was extremely impressive. And to see a Sean Miller Arizona team struggle the way they did, uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Another thing that I was really impressed with uh, was USC rebounding the ball. 38 rebounds to Arizona's 25. And getting those rebounds, pushing the ball up the court, uh, 15 fast break points for USC to eight from Arizona. So uh, really impressed with the rebounding. Nick Rakosovic especially, he had another big game, finished with 27 points on 13 of 17 shooting and 12 rebounds. So another double-double for Nick. Benny Boatwright was filling it up. He had a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds, two three-pointers. I thought Jonah Matthews played well offensively. He hit three threes, ended with 12 points. Um, and Kevin Porter, you know, he came back, uh, played 18 minutes, gave great energy off the bench to start, went four of seven from the three, I'm sorry, he went four of seven from the field, hit three threes. He had 14 points. Uh, great to see him back out there and contribute him offensively. Defensively, he still has a long way to go, but it was great to see him log 18 minutes and kind of get back in the flow of the game. Some of the bad things uh, for this game, 15 turnovers. You know, at SC1, they were up by almost 30 points most of the second half, and they didn't even play that well. They really didn't. They didn't shoot particularly well, weren't making great decisions on offense, 15 turnovers, uh, and, and missing free throws. 8 of 14, 57% from the free throw line. That has to get corrected. And as we get into the ASU game, we'll really talk about free throws. But turnovers and, and sloppy ball play, uh, you know, that that was kind of frustrating. It would have been nice to see USC win this game by 30 points. I think they could have. I think that if they played, if they played 20% better, they would have won by 32, 34 points. It was a uh, uh, couple couple bad mistakes, and I mean, honestly, not a whole lot of production from. From Elijah Weaver, he played 21 minutes with 0 of 3, no points. Uh, Shaquan Era didn't play particularly well offensively, 0 of 2 from the 3. He only ended with 5 points. Uh, but I will say this about Shaquan. He rebounded his butt off. And he was able to offensively get rebounds and create extra possessions for USC, especially during their big run. So Shaquan had 10 rebounds, really impressed with how he came out and rebounded the ball, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. Now let's move on to ASU. So set up this game, big Saturday night game. ASU is coming off of a big win against UCLA. They're looking to sweep the LA schools. SE just beat UCLA, just beat Arizona. Log jam at the you know top six of the Pac-12 conference. Both teams battling for, for position. 
Uh, and this was a huge game for both ASU and USC. Um, the flow of the game was a bit choppy in the beginning. Um, I thought Arizona State took advantage of SC's zone a little bit. Uh, Rob Edwards hit some big big threes. I thought Zylan Cheatham for ASU did a good job of getting the ball in the zone, in the middle of the zone, and creating opportunities for other people. Um, no Tayshawn Cherry for ASU. I don't know. I honestly don't know if that would have affected the game that much. I think ASU actually had a pretty good rhythm with their bench. Tayshawn Cherry can be one of those guys that comes in and as a freshman takes bad shots, doesn't play great defense, and kind of interrupt the flow of the game. So I don't. I honestly don't think him being out, I believe he got a concussion against UCLA and they were holding him out uh, for concussion protocol. I don't think that would have made that big of a difference if he played. Yeah, it would have given them another score coming off the bench, but you know, it could go either way. Maybe it would have helped them. Maybe it would have hurt them anymore. Uh, back and forth, uh, especially in the second half, I thought USC did a good job of uh, building a little bit of a six-point lead. Uh, they were maintaining that six-point lead throughout the, the majority of the second half. But foul trouble was really one of the main issues of this game. Both Benny and Nick, two leading scorers for USC, uh, were both in foul trouble throughout the game. And when Nick Rakosevich fouled out uh, with a couple of minutes left, I thought that that could be that could be a big dagger for SC. Um, Benny Boatwright was playing with four fouls the entire uh, the, or the last four minutes of the game. It was it was I, I was excited to see this game come down to the wire because SC hasn't had a game come down to the wire since the Oregon State game. Oregon SC didn't really show up; they got blown out. UCLA. Uh, USC blew them out. Arizona, USC blew them out. So I think it was good, especially before this big Washington game coming up, uh, for SC to be in a last-minute game-winning situation. Uh, you know, Arizona State uh, made a couple free throws, went up by one. SC missed. Island Cheatham got the rebound with about 13 seconds left. And uh, it was kind of funny because I, I looked at, uh, I was actually at the game with my stepmom, and I think I've said on the show many times before, uh, we're a big San Diego State family. I was born and raised in Aztec. Uh, so I've watched a lot of San Diego State basketball in my time. Zylan Cheatham uh, played his first three years at San Diego State, then transferred to ASU for his senior year. Uh, <laughs> I, looked at, I looked at my stepmom and I looked at the guy sitting next to us. And I said, I, I've seen this guy play many years for San Diego State. I guarantee he will miss at least one, probably the first one. And of course, Cheatham misses the first one. It was the one-on-one. Kevin Porter Jr. gets the rebound. Derek Thornton brings the ball up. No timeouts left. Gets in a ball screen with Benny Boatwright. Kicks it to Benny. He puts up a three to go up two. Nothing but net. ASU comes down. Remy Martin takes a bad shot. Jonah Matthews gets the rebound. And then gets fouled. So here's, here's, here's my issue. You have... Your captain going to the free throw line, shooting a one on one up two. You can't, you cannot miss the first one. Free throws have been a big struggle for USC, especially the past few games. Jonah Matthews needs to make at minimum the first of a front end of a one on one free throw with three seconds left and the game on the line. Has to do it. 
Has to do it. Has to do it. He makes two free throws. It's a two-possession game, and there's no doubt that SC is going to win that one. That cannot happen. Cannot happen. A um, couple things. Two main points that I wanted to focus on before this ASU game. One was how SC was going to keep Cheatham off the boards. I thought they did an okay job. Uh, he still got 14 rebounds. Come A couple offensive. Uh, most of them were defensive. Um, and he ended up with 10 points. Uh, Lugens Dort, you know, ASU's leading scorer. SC did a phenomenal job making him a jump shooter. He went 2 of 13 from the field. 1 of 7 from the 3-point line. He was not comfortable at all the entire game. He ended with 9 points, uh, 4 rebounds, um, and 4 turnovers. So I thought... Those two main points, I thought SC did a, a pretty decent job uh, on Cheatham. I thought they did a fantastic job on Lou Dort. So great job, SC, defensively. A uh, couple bad things about the game. Number one, foul trouble. Nick and Benny cannot get in foul trouble. Hands down, we need those guys to play 35-plus minutes every single game. We cannot afford to have those guys uh, not in the game all the time. And they were in and out. Uh, Benny ended with 30 minutes. Nick only had 25 minutes. Those guys need to be on the floor all the time. Uh, free throws, like I said. What, what do we shoot from the free throw line? I got the stats right here. 11 of 18 from the free throw line, including the couple front ends of one-on-ones. Can't happen. Can't be shooting almost... Uh, can't, cannot shoot less than 80% from the free throw line. Cannot do it. Um, and then rebounds. SC was out-rebounded 35-30 by ASU and gave up 14 offensive rebounds. Really need to do a better job on the offensive boards, uh, boxing out people. Uh, they're going to need to do that against Washington, who's going to send people to, to crash. And then uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Not we were. I think everyone was hoping for a big-time follow-up and for him to improve on his comeback game against Arizona. Never really got into the flow. 10 minutes played, 0-4 from the field, three fouls, three turnovers, three rebounds, but he did get a big rebound uh, towards the end of the game. A couple things about Kevin Porter. It's hard to play him when, number one, he plays no defense, and number two, he's still not understanding the offense. You can see a couple times he's cutting, especially on offense, he's cutting and going in places where he should not be, which is congesting the middle, congesting the play, and SC is not able to run the action that they want to run because he doesn't know what to do. Very hard to play a player that doesn't know how to run the plays. And then defensively, I will say that I think he has improved a little bit from the beginning of the year, but he's always trying to block shots, and he's always out of getting out of position, uh, and he's and he's getting he's getting better in his rotations in the zone, but he's still late, especially towards the end of the shot clock. That's when your rotations have to be the most crisp, and you have to have the most energy because that's when the team's looking to dial up a play to get a wide open shot. Have to have strong, solid rotations in your zone in the last ten seconds of the shot clock. So he's going back home to Washington. He's going to be playing in front of a big time home crowd. That's going to be very interesting to see how he uh, how he performs up in Seattle. Um, a couple takeaways. I thought I thought Jerron Brooks played really really well um, 
against Arizona State. He had to come in and play a lot because of the foul trouble uh, with Nick and Benny. He hit a big, big three in the corner right in front of the SC bench uh, midway through the second half when Arizona and SC were going back and forth. That was a huge, huge shot. I thought he played well defensively, trying to get rebounds. I really like his effort. I think he works hard. I think he wants to play more. And I honestly think Andy Enfield's going to have to play more uh, to spell Nick and Benny as they get tired. And, you know, you see Enfield kind of experimenting with Victor and Jerron and which one goes in first. I think all day you have to play Jerron over Victor. Um, and I, I love Victor. I think he's one of the greatest people ever. He's the nicest guy. Uh, but I think talent-wise, uh, Jerron's the guy that you have to have in the game. And that's who I would feel more comfortable putting in the game. Coach Enfield should have these guys work on their free throws after every practice. Do not let them leave the court without shooting 100 free throws. That's what I would do. Um, and then just rebounding. Need to rebound effectively, and they need to get people off the offensive boards when they're playing in the zone. One shot and done. When they go up to Washington, that should be their motto. One shot and done. So let's talk about Washington. They're good. <laughs> you look at their schedule, um, and they, they've they played some really good teams, and they have some very good losses. Right now, they're 16-4. They're 7-0, undefeated in the Pac-12. Uh, their first loss was to Auburn when Auburn was ranked number 11 in the country. Uh, when Gonzaga was number one coming off their big win against Duke uh, at Gonzaga, Washington almost had the game won. Gonzaga hit a buzzer beater to win the game by two points. They lost a close game to a pretty good Minnesota team who's given a lot of people some trouble uh, in the Big Ten Conference. And then they lost to... Uh, now number 11 ranked in the country Virginia Tech team and they went toe-to-toe with them so this is a good team and they return every starter from last year so I mean in terms of familiarity USC will see the same players this year as they saw last year if you remember last year's game Washington came to the Galen Center USC did not play well at all uh, they were very content to sit behind the three-point line and jack up threes. Washington maintained a three to five point lead throughout the majority of the game. It was just it, it was not SC's best game by far. Um, and so they're gonna have to come out and and prove that they're a better, more patient offensively team than they were last year against that two three zone uh, that Coach Hopkins from Washington is gonna play. And they should be used to it because that's what SC runs. And they see it every day now. So hopefully SC will be able to be patient in the zone. Really try to work Benny in the middle. I think Benny Boatwright, in my opinion, is the top guy in the conference to put in the middle against the zone. Because once he gets the ball in the zone, he's tall enough to go up and get the ball, pass it over the guards. He can turn and square up to the hoop. He can either drive the ball. He can make good decisions and kick it out for open threes. But Benny is such a versatile player when he gets the ball in the middle of the zone. Washington will have no choice but to completely collapse on him. The, the high-low to Rakosevich should definitely be open. I think SC is doing a really good job of running ball screens on the perimeter and dumping it down to Nick uh, on slips. After, after uh, Derek Thornton or Jonah Matthews uh, uh, gets past the screen, 
I think ball movement's going to be key, working it into the zone, getting Washington in foul trouble, especially their big men. I think SC is going to match up really well with Washington. They're going to have a really good chance to win this game. Top players, uh, Jalen Noel. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Started every game for Washington this year, averaging 17 points a game. Um, good free throw shooter. Um, you know, shooting over 50% from the field. He can also step out and hit the three. He's a big time uh, small forward wing. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to make sure USC is really going to have to locate him because he's going to crash the boards. He's very good at getting offensive boards, and especially in his zone. Washington's big. They're long. They're athletic. Everyone's going to have to get a body on someone and, and rebound the ball. Uh, Noah Dickerson, SC knows really well. He's averaging about 13 points a game. Their point guard, David Crisp, uh, very good at running the show. He's going to want to push the ball up the floor. He's averaging a little over 11 points a game. Uh, Matisse Thibel, I really like him. He's one of their best defensive players. He is long. He'll be in the top of the zone, uh, wreaking havoc with his length. Uh, and he can also, he can get out, he can run, he can dunk. Uh, this Washington team is very, very athletic. And SC is going to have to do a good job of getting back on defense, getting set in their zone, and making sure these guys stay off the boards. This is a big game. I, I can't even begin to tell you how important this game is. As things stand now, Washington's number one in the conference at 7-0, and SC is number two at 5-2. If SC can somehow beat Washington, then go to Washington State and get two on the road, they will be in a position to be in first place. It's very, very exciting. Um, so let's talk about Washington State. Not a great year for the Cougars. Uh, Ernie Kent, I, I really like Ernie Kent. I played against him. He was the head coach of Oregon uh, all four years that I played at SC. We had some great battles with him. He had some really good Oregon teams with Aaron Brooks and uh, Bryce Taylor, um, the Zahn kids from Redondo Beach. He, he had some, some big-time guys. Um, and he could recruit. He's a very good recruiter. But I think Washington State is a, is a much harder place to recruit than, uh, than Eugene, Oregon. But so uh, Washington State, they're, uh, they're led by two guys. Robert Franks, who's a senior, uh, he's averaging about 21 points. Uh, we've seen him uh, for the past few years. He's tall, athletic, a big guy who can shoot the three, uh, can take you off the dribble, uh, I, I really like his game. I think he'll be, he's the type of player that NBA guys like where he's long, athletic, and can shoot. I don't know if necessarily he could play in the NBA, but I think he'll be a really good D-League guy. Um, and who knows, he might be called up to a couple NBA games, but he's a very good player. And then they have this freshman, C.J. Ellaby, who's averaging 16 points a game. Uh, I really like him. Uh, if he's He's... Very easy to recognize. He's got the big fro, the hair that waves as he runs up and down the floor. Uh, great little guard. Really good ball handler. Really good shooter. Uh, those are kind of the two guys that SC's really going to have to hone in on. Uh, after that, the production really drops off. Uh, and you have a couple guys that are averaging about six to seven points a game. Um, but if they stop Franks and they stop Ellaby, SC should cruise, in my opinion, pretty easily over Washington State. 
they've had a pretty tough season. They're eight and twelve right now, one and six in conference. The only team that's worse is Cal. Um, they had some pretty bad losses to Seattle, uh, New Mexico State twice. They lost to San Diego at home. They lost to Santa Clara, and uh, and they haven't had much success uh, in the conference. Their lone win coming against the last place Cal Bears. So uh, I'm really hoping SC gets both these games. If they beat Washington, they'll definitely go two and zero on the road. Uh, but this Washington game, I can't, I can't articulate how important this is for SC season because this could really change everything. I think it's kind of ridiculous that Washington isn't ranked in the top 25. You all know the Pac-12 is getting a pretty bad reputation right now uh, throughout the country. But Washington is for sure a top 25 team. They should be in the top 25. uh, And they will make the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. So that's what I got for you. Uh, Great weekend last week. Big week coming up against Washington schools this week. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in, listening to the show. Uh, If you like us, and I hope you do, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Again, uh, feel free to comment in the in the Believe uh, uh, Instagram uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, or you can reach out to me directly. C Penrose number one number zero on Instagram and at C Penrose number one number zero uh, on Twitter. Thanks for listening and fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.